1: Hello and welcome back to India on ninety nine point nine for your home of Indian cricket content with me, your host, Nikesh Raghani and Sara Waris of Wisdom, my co-host as always. Sarah how are you?
2: Mm, good. It's getting a little warmer here. I hate the cold, so I don't know how the temperature is in England, but yeah, well, good for me. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's never too good. It's, it's warming up a little bit, to be honest, um, but I'm just looking forward to being out, I've been checking the weather for Nagpur for the first test, and it looks pretty good. 32, 31 around that in the day. Um, so looking forward to that. Even Delhi looks not mm. too bad for yeah. England standards. Um, maybe the air quality is something I, I need to be concerned about. But anyway, I'll I'll deal with that at the time. Um we're here today to talk about the first and foremost, the ODI series. Against New Zealand, India up to number one in the world after that clean sweep, and uh, what a clean sweep it was against a very strong side, it has to be said. New Zealand, they've just been to Pakistan, they've won in Pakistan, you know, 50 over World Cup finalists last time around, um, done well in the T20 game as well. So across all forms of cricket, really, test champions, you know, its the list goes on. They're a very strong, formidable unit. Yes, they were missing Some players in this series, but nonetheless, a really impressive win and and some great individual performances from India as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. And the matter of the way India won those games and the series, even against Sri Lanka, is what's heartening. You know, they uh, five times went batting first, three or four times, I think, uh, they made more than 350 runs, which is a huge number. And even yesterday, and one game was close uh, when Bracewell hit that hundred, but other than that, it was considerably one-sided. And even yesterday, when the uh, the boundaries was very small and the commentators were going on about you know how even three eighty could possibly be chased down because the boundaries were that small, the bowlers just came and put on such a good show. So that's what's more hearting, you know. It's not just that they won three zero, but how convincing they are and The ODI World Cup is coming up, so at home and possibly it'll be played at these venues, similar venues, uh, similar pitches. Not getting my hopes high because we all know India and world events and all, but, uh, yeah, it's heartening to see it's a good start to the year.
1: And Shubman Gill, I mean, look, he's almost reaching sky levels in T20 in the ODI game because it's just 100 after 100 after 100, double 100 in there as well. You know, an exclusive member of that very elite club, um, which is full of Indians, actually, incidentally. Um, And just awesome in this Mm -hmm. format. And there were question marks, weren't there, at the start of the Sri Lanka ODI series? Why is Shubman Gill playing? Why is Ishan Kishan not playing? Well, Tell you what, the the captain and coach and selectors have got this one, right, haven't they? Yeah. Whoever picked that yeah, team. Yeah,
2: definitely. Bro. They were like... Uh- how can you bench someone who scored a double hundred, and then Shubhangil comes and just scores a double hundred so effortlessly? And what's more encouraging is, uh, as an Indian, it's his overall uh, game against spin. You know, we've seen uh, uh, Virat Kohli struggle against spin. We've uh, he, he got stumped off uh, Santner in one of the ODIs, and Gill's, uh, you know, overall game against spin is what's more encouraging, and. Uh, he has a very superior game against left arm spin and even um, right arm leg spin, so which is very important because uh, India doesn't have a lot of uh, left-handers in their top six, seven you can say if Jadeja is there at number seven. So, with the Rohit Sharma and Kohli and all struggling and with no left-hander possibly with uh, Rishapant not round, uh, his game against left arm spin and even a leg spin right hand leg spin is very crucial so that's another one of the encouraging signs as a uh, as an Indian fan I'd say.
1: And you talked about spin there obviously you know Virat Kohli's struggles against certain types of spin continue a little bit in this New Zealand series Santner you know getting the better of him on a couple of occasions and you know, it wasn't wasn't his best series. You can't expect him to perform every single game that he plays in. Um, but his form will, will overall still be encouraging the way he's sort of uh, played since the start of the year, since, since the Asia Cup, really. he's He's been in some tremendous form across formats, and hopefully that will continue into test matches as well. Um, but Rohit Sharma, another big question mark against his form. He's been getting those starts, hasn't he, those those 50s and those those quick starts at the top of the order you felt something was coming it's been a long time coming but it just looked as though he's back in the groove as well particularly in 50 over cricket which I think is his best format as well and 100 after so long and you know the, the press obviously didn't let him forget how long it's been since he scored his last 100 in ODIs um, but you know it was it was overdue, and. We could kind of see it coming and, and it's the monkey off his back now. He can go and play freely now for the rest of the year without... I mean, maybe he doesn't take the pressure of not having that 100, but but it's it's got to be a nice feeling. It's got to make him a bit more relaxed now that he's got there.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, know about his answer also when he was asked about uh, his 100 after three years and Rohit Sharma said uh, he was... Almost uh, animated and angry when he said that, uh, but I've played only 12, uh, 12 ODIs in that period. So you want to make up your news stories, you can do that. But I've played only 12 yeah. uh, matches in three years. And most or half of that, obviously, because of COVID, there weren't any matches. Uh, yeah, in uh, again, encouraging that Rohit Sharma is back uh, to form. Even his 83 against Bangladesh, where he scored with a fractured thumb that... The, you know, gave signs of uh, the Roy Sharma we knew, the fighter that, you know, we know him to be. And he's 83, he could have got a century there also if he batted up the order. Uh, you know. But coming down at that position with injury and, you know, wickets falling at the other end, he just held uh, his one end up. And even in this series, he got a lot of starts. And yeah, uh, what my fear was that he... He was getting those stars, but not failing, but not capitalizing on them. So my fear was you know, something like a T20 World Cup, something like that pans out. Because even before the T20 World Cup, he was getting those quick starts, not able to score the 50s. But we were like, yeah, OK, you know, he's a big tournament player and he'll do well come the T20 World Cup. But we all know how that panned out. So sometimes, yeah, it's just good together those centuries and uh, have runs behind your back going into these world events. So um, another positive for me. And as far as the bowling, that's also another, the rise of Shami Siraj. Siraj is now the world number one. So uh, I think we spoke about this in the last episode, but how do you just see Siraj's rise, especially because that's been the story of you know since his test debut he's just gone on to another level there were question marks about his white ball game but he's just gone on to excel in white ball ODI especially
1: yeah I mean look the potential was always there wasn't it from the start you know even when he sort of burst onto the scene in the IPL and then eventually made that test debut um, in that series against Australia it it's a great story, and and look, it's not unique in terms of. I don't like to say rags to riches, but you know he's risen from humble beginnings to become this superstar. And I know that's not uncommon in India, but you know there there are certain cricketers over the years who who have been privileged to come from you know good upbringings, go to good schools, be able to get all the best coaching, and and then make their way into first class cricket and then the national team um but you know look he's had to cope with a lot I mean he didn't you know Mohamed Siraj the the concern I had about him was he came to cricket quite late in terms of proper cricket he didn't hold a leather cricket ball a real mm-hmm. leather cricket ball until he was about 19 20 years old and that was one year before he got an IPL contract so mm-hmm. you know he came into it really really late it was all tape ball cricket it was gully cricket you know his dad was an auto rickshaw driver the I don't think the dream was was there from a young age yeah. or they ever thought it possible that he could become this superstar cricketer. Um, so it came to it very late. Then obviously, you know, made his debut. He had to cope with the death of his father. You know, all that at such a young age, he's still a young man. And then for him to show this maturity to be the leader of the attack, that was the question mark. Has he got what it takes to go to that next level as a a leader of the attack um as as a more mature bowler in terms of you know planning how to get batters out, not just running up and bowling quick and you know bowling the odd Jaffa and stuff which he had the capability to do, but actually consistently bowling to a plan and and working batters over and and that's what he's been doing, and that 's what's been most impressive and when you look at Shami, hmm. i mean is almost making a point isn 't he? We spoke about it in the previous episode. That if Jasper Bummer comes back, it's probably Mohammed Shami who's going to miss out if everyone's fit, because Siraj is undroppable. Umran Malik gives you that extra pace, something different. So if you're going to play three seamers, it's probably those three. But Shami's made the point that all right, if if that's the case, then so be it. But don't forget, this is what I can do as well, and that's been heartening, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, and one more thing about uh, Siraj's. Is- When he came up, there were a lot of talks. He is this passionate player. He wears his heart on his sleeve. There were times when, you know, he's giving these uh, wave-offs. I don't know, when you dismiss a batsman and you just signal to them, I am forgetting the term. Uh, But, you know, and there was criticism of it. There was Sunil Gavaskar on commentary saying that, you know, you're a young man, just focus on your game because it's so easy to just uh, remain distracted with all this and all. But he's managed to, you know, combine that with his game and use that to his advantage. You know, he's used that aggression, he's channeled that aggression in the right way and not someone like a shrishant you could say that, you know, he's just uh, gotten distracted and uh, where even Dhoni would say that we're asking him to keep it under control and all. So, uh, that's been... Another encouraging sign for Shami that, uh, for Siraj where he knows that you know what works for him and what doesn't work for him. Another bowler I would like, want to talk about is Shardul Thakur. You know he picked up six wickets, uh, three wickets uh, in the third ODI, two uh, two wickets in two balls, uh, partnership breaker, and he's just the Lord. And it's so um, you are probably like you know why does he get the how does he get those wickets because. Uh, you say he's the partnership breaker is it just luck or something and I remember there was this incident uh, where Ashwin when he picked up seven wickets I think in Cape Town last year where Ashwin was uh, heard in stump mic saying that whenever you come on to bowl you just pick up wickets I don't know how it is but you just pick up wickets so uh, that's another uh, you know he's just proving time and time and again, that he can be that backup seamer to Hardik Pandya if he's uh, injured, hopefully, God forbidding. But if he's injured, and uh, he's just, he's a very clever bowler. It's very easy to just diss diss him off and say that, you know, okay, batters are at ease when he comes on to bowl. But it's just that, He uses his test match lines well. You know, he targets the stumps. He has swing on offer. He gets the ball to seam around. He has bounce on offer. And he just mixes it up well. So, it just leaves the batter, you know, in a dilemma as to which edge will it be the inside edge or what edge will carry on and all. So, Shardul Thakur is another, uh, I think, positive for me from the series. We won't talk a lot about him because, yeah, okay, he's probably not in the 11 unless there are, you know, these injuries. But as a backup player for Hardik Pandya, he needs to improve on his bowling, but um, uh, on his batting. But yeah, as a bowler, he's proving time and again that he is a very serious cricketer.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, it might not be in, in the first 11, but that's what's so heartening about this ODI setup now is that the, the strength in depth is very, very good. And, you know, there's, there's still a couple of players potentially to come back into the side and, you know, players who've been playing in their place have been performing really well. So that's, that's what you want, a, a strong squad of 15-16 going into that World Cup. Right, we'll take a short break and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since re-admission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and
0: you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube.
1: So just before we move on, I, I know you're a massive SRK fan. Not, not Shiva Ramakrishnan, the commentator, <laughs> ex-leg spinner, but Shah Khan. Khan. Um, Patan is out yeah. today as we speak, I today, believe. Yeah. You, not you been your able, tickets?
2: Not been able to book my tickets yet, not been able to find someone who will match the schedules, but hopefully I'll go this week sometime.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of hype, isn't there?
2: Yeah, definitely. There are shows from 5am, just can you imagine there are shows like, from 5am and people are actually queuing up and going uh, for those shows and what I feel is you know Shah Rukh Khan matches that level of superstardom that Virat Kohli has you know that global appeal I don't know how you see uh, how his craze is in UK but you know as someone who's grown up here and just seeing him from the start, there is Salman Khan, there is Amir Khan, but Shahrukh Khan just has his own, you know, craze, and he's almost like the Virat Kohli of, oh, bigger than Virat Kohli, yeah, but uh, you know, almost. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, mean, the, yeah. Global, the reason think, I'm asking about yeah.
1: that is because of that comparison and and the fact that look, Shahrukh Khan's brilliant, you know, his. His films, sort of, you know, all these golden films over the years will will live in the memory forever and ever. But that mm. kind of stopped about what ten years ago, yeah. eight years ago. <laughs> he's had a string of flops. <laughs> I mean, maybe look, maybe the guy just needs to act his age, literally. Yeah. Like, don't don't act opposite twenty one year olds. You know, he's an old man now, right? Isn't he Not old man, but you know, what I mean, compared to them, he is in his fifties. He's old enough to be their dad. And, yeah, he looks good. He's in good shape. But, but, you know, play a slightly older man, do some different roles. And, you know, this looks like it might be something different. But he's had a string of flops, basically. It's like what people were saying about Kohli Mm. for the last three years. (laughs) right? Just out of form, probably finished. Is this the time where Shahrukh Khan does a Virat Kohli and gets back in form?
2: Yeah, and there was also this off-field drama. You know, Shahrukh Khan had this whole thing with his son being in jail, and reports coming in that all those was fabricated, and he was wrongly put in jail, etc. And then you know all the mess with Virat Kohli also. So it was just you know that timelines have almost matched. You know? Their lows were together, and now Virat Kohli is back, and we hope that you know this year Shahrukh Khan has three or four or three films lined up, and. You know, he can be the superstar that we all know him to be. His craze never fell, just like Kohli. His craze never fell. But you want these superstars to be at their peak and just do what they are here to do. Entertain the fans and uh, just keep the fans happy. So, uh, I am going for for the show sometime, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you are a big Shah Rukh Khan fan, but I've just... I was literally over the moon when, not literally over the moon, but yeah, over the moon when uh, he bought my the Kolkata team, because I'm from Kolkata. I would have supported Kolkata, even if Shah Khan hadn't bought it. I know so many people who support KKR just because of Shah Khan, but I never had that dilemma. And that was, you know, just a double joy for me that, okay, KKR bought by Shah Rukh Khan team. And it's still like a badge of honor for me that I support a team owned by Shah Khan, no matter how rubbish the team does. But, you know, you can always say it's by Shah Khan. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I look i'm not not a massive fan of of him necessarily although i think he's a f- fantastic actor and mm. you know one of the the all time greatest uh, from the hindi movie industry um no denying that i love a lot of his older stuff um i mean d d l j one of my favorites um and then there was a whole string of them after that wasn't there so yeah look everybody in the u k um from the asian community and and even beyond actually and it doesn't not just indians i'm talking the entire south asian community in the uk just seems to love him and follow everything that he does um so yeah i'm sure they'll they'll all be turning out to watch Bataan as well um
2: just i'm going to make two. a bit of a
1: film connection
2: yeah just one more thing. Go on, you you carry. Yeah.
1: Make your point. Oh, I mean. uh,
2: yesterday I was just uh, listening to Chaya Chaya, that song by Shahrukh Khan, nineties, mid nineties. Um, he's on top of the train and all that iconic song. And yesterday, um, I, I saw a video of Rob Key. Uh, who was then covering the Pakistan vs. Australia series, I think, uh, actually listening to that song on, on his phone and grooving to it. So, you know, that that is his uh, almost like a call. You can hate him, you can be indifferent to him, but you can't ignore him. Like, somehow or the other, you're just, okay, Shah Rukh Khan is here. You know, okay, Virat Kohli is here. So it's almost like that kind of an appeal.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to make the film connection as well, because um, Sunil Shetty, another yeah. famous superstar of, uh, of Hindi cinema, um, has waned a little bit in recent years. He, he does act more his age. He's probably of a similar age to Shahrukh, actually, but plays slightly older roles now and, and stuff. Still, you know, he's, he's still an active man, still in good shape and stuff. His daughter has married Kail Rahul. Hmm. Um, so Kail Rahul, not playing at the moment and and was off getting married um so congratulations to him um that that that's great news How, how has that gone down in india
2: Again, the craze of a Bollywood celebrity marrying a cricketer is always high. We saw that with Anushka Virat and there were a few others who followed. So obviously there are those paparazzi stationed outside for hours and hours and, you know, trying to just get the exclusive pictures. And we saw a lot of exclusive pictures, which is invading their privacy. But that's the culture in India that you don't care about anyone's privacy. So yeah. Good for them, happy for them, and we, good wishes for them. And just hope that he can now come back and do well in the BGT, which is what he will be needed to do now in the next few months. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Right. We'll take another short break and we'll be back in a moment. Hi. I'm Mark Machado, broadcaster and Sri Lankan cricket fan. Every week, Estelle, Vazu, Devon and myself will drop several episodes of Sri Lanka at 99.94, keeping you up to date on the latest from the Sri Lankan cricketing world. If you want to know what Hassaranga is up to, where is scored her runs or what Narosha Dickweller has been discussing behind the stumps, then make sure to watch or listen to Sri Lanka at 99.94 you can find us wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on the 99.94 app join the shrunken cricket conversation and get involved right let's let's get back to the cricket i know we had a little bit of a, a bollywood section there which was it's always good fun linking bollywood and cricket um never any issue with that but it's also as we record today tomorrow is republic day in india and and for those who are listening, and, and there are people who listen who are not from an Indian background. Independence Day is different to Republic Day. Independence Day, 15th of August, to celebrate the the day when India became an independent country and Britain sort of no longer was was running things out there. Um, Republic Day, for, for a non-Indian audience, tell us why it's different, what what it means, or is it just... Another celebration of the same thing.
2: No, it's the day when the constitution came into effect. Uh, That's... That's why Republic Day is celebrated. This was in 1950, I think. So, yeah, uh, Republic Day has been celebrated since then. And it's always just a, such a good time to just look back and think of the moments that make you feel proud to be an Indian because we've grown up celebrating these two days and singing the national anthem and having these functions in school and being shown, you know, this is what it means to be India and your freedom fighters fought for this and that, uh, all the things and we are here now living in an independent country. So it's just always good to look back and look at the moments, you know, in the recent past, um, not, and overall to just see the moments that helped making India uh, the country it is today. And, you know, just from A.R. Rahman winning the Oscars for Jai Ho, which, I personally felt wasn't his best song. There were a lot of others, like Chaya Chaya, for example, is one. But, you know, it's always good to be honoured uh, by the global audience and even the recent song, the Not to, Not to, uh, which won the Global Globes and has now gone to the Oscars. So things like that. And in cricketing field, there have been so many. And the uh, the first instance that I can think of is I started watching cricket early 2007-2008, 2000, uh, obviously the T20 World Cup. But more than that, I think it was the 2008 uh, game in Chennai between England and um, India, where, you know, after the terrorist attacks, England had flown back home and it was very kind of them to return and play that series, the test series. And uh, to Sachin Tendulkar. They were chasing three fifty odd, and Sachin Tendulkar scored is hundred, and it was just um, you know a statement that you know Mumbaikar coming in. The terrorist attacks had been in Mumbai twenty six eleven, and a Mumbaikar coming in and um, just saying that okay, this is the spirit. Uh, kind of you know you can't keep a Mumbaikar down. You can't keep an Indian down. Whatever happens, we will rise up. So I think that was the first. Um, emotional kind of, you know, test test match that I was watching. So that was very, uh, that has still remained uh, very special to me. And uh, even the 2008 Perth test match where, you know, there was so much going on before that. There was the whole thing with Andrew Simons and Harbhajan Singh and uh, the umpiring decisions and all, and no one gave them a chance. And uh, 2008 was the start of... uh, you know, showing them that we can believe, and showing the others that we are at our best when we are at our lowest, sort of a thing. So,
1: absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that Sachin innings in in Chennai in particular. I think it was three eighty odd they were chasing. Actually, mm-hmm. Saywag yeah got them off to the flyer, and then Sachin finished it off
2: Yuvraj with that
1: hundred well that also. last shot with Yuvraj yeah. at the other end. Yeah brilliant and and just what it meant after the the terror attacks in mumbai as well and it was just fantastic scenes i mean for me there's there's been a lot of moments there's i mean the 2002 natwest trophy final at lords yeah to do it at lords to chase 325 in those days that's like chasing 450 now you're five down all of your best batters are out right you've got you've got a world class at that time Top four or five. So you've got Sewag Ganguly, who are opening. Dravid was coming in three. Sachin was coming in four. And then Lakshman, I think he was at five. So you've got literally world class top five, all of them gone, right? (laughs) With less than half the runs on the board. Mm. It's game over. I know Ganguly and Sewag got them off to a great start, but then they lost those five wickets. And and that was it, right? Indians were streaming out of Lords. We were, you know, having to tell them to stay, don't worry, you know, Yuvraj is still there, just watch till he comes. And, you know, there there was a group of Punjabis, I remember my my dad telling them, they they started streaming out when um, Yuvraj got out, Hmm. right? And that big partnership between he and Kaif, and that came to an end, and there was still a long way to go. So this group of sadars started leaving, And then he was stopping them saying, no, 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 Budgie is coming in next. Budgie is in next. Don't worry. (laughs) So they're like, all right, yeah, 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 let's let's just stay, watch Budgie and stuff. And then Budgie hit that six into the grandstand and contributed and Gumblay was given out when he shouldn't, you know, just Mm -hmm. brilliant scenes and then the Ganguly shirt wave on the balcony at Lord's. Just what that signified, I think, not only just giving it back to Andrew Mm -hmm. Flintoff, who did it in Mumbai previously when they drew the series 3 all. I mean I wouldn't be celebrating my shirt off just to draw anything in in life um you know it's is not the mentality that I'd have anyway um but to win that series at lords and then to to do that on the balcony an Indian doing that on the balcony at lords it it was almost the start of the power shift from cricket in England and then that power base shifting to India because all right the ICC might be based in Dubai and it used to be based at lords and that that doesn't mean anything is the BCCI holds all the power. And and it was kind of that shift and it wasn't, you know, there there are some things which are, are not good about the power that the BCCI holds. And, you know, it, it would be nice if other boards could make as much money and contribute as well. And, and, you know, we want to see a bit more of a level playing field, but it's just not the case, but just India as being looked down upon yeah. for all these years through the 80s, through the 90s, even before that in the 70s, even though they won some significant series and then, for him to be saying almost FU English cricket Mm. and the institution and the MCC, you know, all that kind of stuff, just by doing that. I think just what it signified meant a lot. The Border Gavaska Trophy 2001 or whatever it was called then. I can't remember if if it was called the Border Gavaska Trophy then or it was probably, I think, the the following series where they introduced it or maybe a couple of series after that. Um, But, yeah, I mean... Look, what can you say about that, right? Eden Gardens, just brilliant to beat that side, that side, that arguably the greatest test side ever
2: mm.
1: across men's and women's cricket, you know, just brilliant. And and what that meant for Indian cricket, Ganguly's captaincy, coming back over match fixing and, and all that stuff and, and just to take India into the light once again after being in the dark. So many great moments. 2011 World Cup, remember that?
2: Definitely, yeah. I, I'm. I'm not even. Mataram I'm, being sung yeah. inside
1: the Wankhede Stadium. i have not
2: even uh, spoken of the most obvious moments because obviously. That moment has to be on top for me. I didn't obviously I didn't watch 1983 but yeah that moment that one the I still remember it and whenever I come across clips of that moment it still gives me the same amount of goosebumps and I remember the cricketers saying that they had goosebumps listening to it um in the dressing room. So can you imagine the kind of uh, atmosphere that would have been there at that time?
1: Absolutely. And look Border Gavaskar Trophy two away wins in the last two which is fantastic never been done before and then they go and do it twice it's like london buses you know you don't get one for ages then two come along at once um just brilliant the the first one i think to the second one was the better series and the the, the comeback and the fact that they had literally like they're almost calling up the physio and you know yeah, yeah. stuff to play in that final test it was ridiculous um, and and to win from that position to draw in Sydney and then to win at the Gabba, you know, just putting their bodies on the line. I don't think that will ever be matched in terms of cricket and and just the comeback and the thirty six all out to that. You know, it was just the stuff of Bollywood scripts. Really, we talked about Bollywood before. If, if Bollywood wanted the script, that's the perfect script, and it was real. um But the first one, in terms of meaning, a bit more like the first time you've, you've beaten Australia in Australia. And I don't know if you've mm. seen the videos that the, the Bharat Army, the Indian fan group, put up on their social media after that. They were waiting. They got permission somehow yeah. to wait, uh, just a few of them, to wait in the hotel entrance. They were using like a back entrance to the hotel that the Indian players were coming through. And, and they got permission to wait in that lobby area and just play the dolls and just clap the players as the, as they came in. Mm. And it ended up into a little bit of a party. They they started singing. So, you know, Kohli was dancing, doing Pangra, You know, Pujara was in there. They were all getting involved. And they were, you know, mm. all signing the shirt for the Bharat Army as well, um, which was auctioned off, I believe. And it was just brilliant. They were literally just partying with the Indian fans. And there, there weren't loads of fans, so that made it easier. There were only three or four, I think, in there, and a couple of door players as well. Yeah, But just brilliant, absolute scenes. And and those are the moments which, you know, they'll remember forever, we'll remember Mm. forever.
2: Yeah, and it's almost like, you know, when India is at its lowest, as I said earlier, that is when they are at its best. You you just you're just like India have no chance and they can't after 36 all out you saw all these criticism um, not criticism all these predictions that it's over for India Kohli is heading back it's over they have no chance it's only going to get worse and all that and that's when they just rise and it's a very dramatic statement maybe to make but that's what sums up the situation in the country also as of now you know India is grappling through so much through all this hate and uh, religious fights and everything but when it's at its lowest you know we just know that okay this country is hanging in there, there and it's going to just rise up because that that's what the spirit is and uh, I've stayed here I know because uh, when we are at its lowest, we, we've we um, always, you know, not given a chance to these uh, hate mongers or whatever to just divide us further. So there is hope that whatever we are going through right now with all these uh, the media news and all the hatred that is being propagated, but it's for something better and uh, this is its lowest and it's just we are just going to rise up again. I know it's a very dramatic statement to make, but that's what I believe in. But um, that's, what the, that's what India is about and it's a very patriotic ending to the episode. But I have my hopes and just hope for cricketing-wise also this is a very memorable year and even otherwise.
1: Absolutely, and after all that chat, I I can't wait to get out there. It's less than two weeks to go now till till I'm out there in Nagpur for that first Test match. So really can't wait. We'll of course have lots more for you um, while that that series is going on, of course, and in the build up to that, uh, we've got the Women's T20 World Cup going on. There's, there's there's loads of stuff happening in the world of Indian cricket. So uh, we'll try and keep you across as much as we can, but that's all we've got time for. On this episode, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Raghani and at Swaris16. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at at 9994DM. Cricket, every day, your way.
0: Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter a veteran of the paddle tennis world and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or... Padel, as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month.